We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. So the LA Rams will be the number two seed. They finish 13 and 3, a 13 win season for the third time in franchise history. I've been dreaming this my whole life. This don't have you. It's time to put in the work. Every man go dominate. Offense, defense, special team. Let's go. What are we talking about? Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Hey, 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 welcome to Ram Soccer Radio. This is Derek C. Paul alone tonight, all by myself. No, I'm not singing the song for you, folks. I'm not going to sing the song. I'm still a sad panda from watching the Rams lose in Pittsburgh. But that loss did yield a little something, something. And to delay in a podcast, I had been playing this podcast for Veterans Day to go out on Veterans Day and just due to the scheduling, getting back from the game. 
just really just how exhausted I was getting back from that. I'd been down with a bit of a summer bug all weekend. Had to move it back. So the Veterans Day podcast, this year, it's, it's really about the people themselves serving. I reached out to several veterans and got a few to come on and just talk about their career, talk about their life, and talk about some of the Rams memories while serving. It's just a small way for us to honor those who have signed the dotted line to risk their lives for this country. I'm going to be honest. It's a way for me to say thank you, not just everybody else, but for me. It was an honor to serve this country. It was an honor to, to put my life on the line for the red, white, and blue. And uh, I know it's a little weird for me not to have all the words to, to say. You're probably thinking, man, Derek, spit it out. But Veterans Day is an important holiday for me, just personally, for everything that I have ever done in life. Since then, was rooted in the Navy creed of honor, courage, and commitment. I wish I could tell you that over the course of my life as a veteran, that I've lived up to that in every moment. Can't. But it's a goal that I live by, honor, courage, commitment. And it is a special thing to be a veteran. So there you go. That's why we're doing this show, and that's why I'm doing this show. Before I even get there, just want you to know that our show is sponsored by Jim Hawk and his book, Hollywood Seeing Great Glam in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Also, we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, Apple Music, Spreaker. We're there. Come check it out. We'd really appreciate a five-star review. We have that contest going on right now. Still going. It may be going on until, I don't know, 2030? It's... It's about really your willingness to go over to Apple Music and leave a review. Take a screenshot of that review, send it to us in an email at ramstalk 1945 and it enters you into this contest where you can earn yourself a Rams jersey, throwback, whatever you want. It's personalized too. We'll put your letters on there, okay? So join up. There's no reason not to leave a review, five-star review. If you don't quite well leave that five-star review, you want to get us a little feedback instead, email us. Always email us. You can also leave a voicemail, 657-665-453. All right, and before we go any further, just want to give a shout-out to our sponsors over at MyBookie. Check it out. As a true football fan, you already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend, our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet. So if you're going to be betting this season, do the smart thing and bet with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try Parlay. Pick your locks for the week, then put them together in one Parlay bet and when they all come through, the rewards are huge. Best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit so you can use it on all your favorite picks. Use promo code MASSIVELATEFEE to activate the offer. That's promo code MASSIVELATEFEE, and you'll double your cash when you sign up. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie. You play you win, you get paid. 
All right, so the first veteran I want to talk to today is Jose Andrada. He spent a good amount of time in the military. We want to thank him for his service. Check out our Rams fan special for Veterans Day. Here's Jose Andrada. All right, folks, as part of a Veterans Day special, we're talking with the Rams fans from wherever we can find them that are veterans of the U.S. military and their time in service. And with me right now, I have Jose Andrade, who I am very thankful that he was willing to actually reach out to us when we put the call for it and was interested in talking about his career, his life in the service, and, of course, following the Rams. Jose, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How you doing? Well, it's a wonderful day full of joy and cheer. Veterans Day happens to be one of my favorite days, believe it or not. It's close to my birthday and all, so it's like a double celebration in my household. But it's also one of those times where we stop and we look at not just ourselves, but everybody we've served with, those who have gone through history and laid on the line for us, the present day folks. And of course, we start looking ahead to the future. For you, can you tell us a little bit about you, where you're from and and how you want to join the service? Yeah, so um, actually, I was uh, born in Colombia, um, South America, that is. <laughs> um, but I've been here all my life. I was, uh, you know, brought here when I was four years old. Um, but aside from that, I grew up here in Southern California. Um, I'm a Cali kid. Uh, so after high school, that was during the Great Recession. Uh, finding a job was becoming extremely hard college at the time just I guess wasn't the direction I wanted to go even though I was in college I was actually doing it more so because I guess that was the thing to do after high school Um, my heart wasn't in it so I decided to uh, enlist in the army and from there you know great things started to happen in my life and I'm glad that I ended up joining the army for that reason I didn't join for money I didn't join um, to go to war I didn't join for any of those reasons. I just pretty much was a bored kid and was ready to get out of my Southern California uh, routine at the time, and I'm glad I did it. And what years did you serve? Um, I enlisted in 2000, at the end of 2009, uh, left for basic 2010, um, and I got out. I ETSed in late 2013, so um, yeah. So about almost four years. So what was deployment like for you overall? What did you do? What did you, what, you know, what did you see? Deployment was interesting. Uh, going into the Army, I, I obviously knew during the time in which I went in um, that I had, you know, a very high possibility of being deployed. Um, I knew buddies that joined at the same time as me and, you know, kind of stuck to um, got stuck in trade off units and things like that. Never, never saw combat. Never got deployed overseas or anything like that. Um, with my MOS being a transport operator and uh, going to Hawaii uh, with 25th Infantry, I pretty much knew I was going to deploy since that that unit had been pretty much in every U.S. war that we have been in. Um, it wasn't, I guess, scary uh, for me when I first found out I was deploying. Um, it got more surreal and real as time got closer and closer. Um, but getting there, you know, as, as a young, uh, you know, army private, um, didn't know what to expect. I mean, you can hear 
things uh, that other soldiers had told you from their previous deployment in Iraq and things like that. But, you know, from what I heard before I deployed, Iraq and Afghanistan were completely different. And if I forgot to mention, I deployed to Afghanistan. Um, so we were all kind of going in with blindfolds and we, we really didn't know what to expect. We, you train hard, you train for months at a time, try to get ready for this. But at, at the end of the day, you're never going to be ready um, for combat. Cause when, when things hit the fan, you know, you don't know how you will react. You don't know how people will react. Um, and things that you train for will never, will never resemble what actual combat is like. Um, so I remember after our first firefight, I was like, whoa, okay. We got the first one out of the way. And I guess it's like playing football. You know, you always go into the game and that first hit, you're just like getting ready to get hit. You want to get hit to just get that first hit out of the way. That's kind of what it felt like. I was like, all right, you know, I got shot at. I know what that feeling is like now. Let's go. Let's get this 12-month tour out of the way. And that's kind of what, what it was for me. What did you do to kind of keep your, your eyes on the ball? Everybody needs a little bit of, of breathing room, downtime, so to speak, to be able to deal with all that they see around them. What did you do? Um, yeah, absolutely. And being on a FOB, it's a forward operating base. It's not, you know, the biggest uh, base you can be at while you're deployed. Um, it's a little bigger than a, a combat outpost, a cop, but I think ours was maybe a mile in perimeter, so it wasn't that big. You know, our chow hall was in a tent. Um, wasn't much to do. We had to pay like 80, 90 bucks a month for like DSL internet, which was crazy. But for us really to, to get our minds clear and try to, you know, refocus after every mission, we, we hit the gym hard. And I think prior service members or veterans or, you know, current former or current, um, service members that, you know, have been deployed. I think that's their go-to is, is working out and, and just try to clear your mind. And I think for us, that was that was the best medicine and obviously having each other, there's just this bond that, that you build while you're deployed with your brothers. That is just, you, you can't, you can't explain that bond. Um, so counting on each other, just being able to vent and, and just being there with people that are going through the same experiences that you're going through. Um, it's just really the only thing you have that in the gym. Cause like I said, there isn't really much out to do. I can't take my uniform off at the end of a long mission and be like, hey, you know, I'm going to the beach to decompress. There's only so much you could do, and, and you got to take the good with the bad. So I have to ask then, how are you able to watch the Rams games from time to time when there's so little for you to actually do? You know what? Um, for us, we didn't have, if I recall, we didn't have TV uh, where I was at. Um, so I remember when we got there, I know this is a little outside of the Rams, but when we got there, the uh, NBA Finals was going on um, or towards the end of the playoff run. Um, and I'm a huge Lakers fan. So I remember kind of hearing about that, wasn't able to watch. I think the Lakers were in the playoffs that year. I think that was the year right after we beat the Magic. So Rams games were really hard to watch. I could only really keep up with the draft. Rams games, you know, standings and things like that over the internet. So it was, it was really rough, you know, time not to be able to watch Rams games. But, you know, at the same time, you got to, you know, keep your head in one place and, and those things kind of you start to forget about while you're deployed. Tell us about being a Rams fan, though. When, when did you start becoming a Rams fan? And, and uh, what has it been like watching this team basically grow into what they are now? I've been a Rams fan ever since I could remember. Um, ever since I, I started watching football, I want to say it was probably, you know, late elementary school, early middle school till I, um, till I really got into it. 
at the time they were in St. Louis. And then just recently, my brother, my older brother, he's 10 years older than me, had, uh, told me that my father was an LA Rams fan back in the eighties and nineties, which kind of confirmed my fandom for them. And I was like, all right, you know, I was meant to be a Rams fan. Um, my dad passed away when I was young, so I didn't really get to know him, but I didn't know who he was a fan of. Um, but confirming that with my brother was, was really cool as an adult now. And I'm just like, you know, gives me another reason to love this team even more. But like I said, going through middle school, high school, St. Louis, uh, we didn't have good seasons, great seasons at all. Um, Mike Martz era. And then we bring in Jeff Fisher and we all know how, how that went. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad to be out of the military back in California. And, you know, right after getting out really in 2016, they relocated back to LA and I, I couldn't be happier, um, especially with all my, you know, my cousins and stuff being Raider fans. And I'm just like, you know, they call themselves, you know, California team fans, but they're going to Las Vegas and they just keep talking so much smack on the Rams. And I'm like, whatever, you know, at least I stuck to an LA team. <laughs> so years later now, you're out of the military, looking back on your career, your life, uh, what means the most to you about having served in the U.S. military, um, having done everything you've done? You know, my fondest memories and, and, and really, you know, reminiscing back on my, I guess, early adulthood is the camaraderie you build um, and the discipline and an appreciation of life that you gain um, through that service. Uh, whether you're deployed or not, I think the military makes you appreciate life in many ways just because, you know, like I said, whether you deploy or not, you're still going out into the field. You're still training. You're still, you know, pulled away on holidays from your family. You're separated from your family, things like that. It really makes you appreciate life, um, the little things in life and, and the camaraderie you build. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I don't regret uh, leaving the army. I do regret leaving the people that I left in the army because I still have many friends that are still in. And that's one thing I miss the most is, is just that camaraderie, and it's hard to find that in the civilian world. Again, thank you for your service. Thank you for everything you laid in the line for, for our country and what we believe it stands for. And uh, yeah, you want to give any shout-outs to anybody, you, you know, any units that you're a part of or anything? Just the 25th ID, 235 Infantry Battalion, um, Cacti, and Echo Company. We were the last... Uh, Last company as the Echo uh, to deploy into a combat zone. That company no longer exists um, today. And uh, so, shout out to you know our former Thundercats and uh, Echo Company Two Three Five. All right, Jose. Can you let people know where they can find you on social media as well? They want to follow you and follow your, your exploits post military. Yeah. So um, you can follow me on Twitter at JF Andrade Double Underscore. Um, actually, that's Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's JF Andrade double underscore. Gotcha. Again, thanks so much for your service. Thanks for coming on the show and talking about your life, your career. And uh, glad I get to be rambling together now. Thanks a lot, babe. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Derek. It was a pleasure, and uh, thank you for your service. Thank you. So, you know, Jose spoke pretty well. I kind of, maybe I need to think about it get him on the podcast more i don't know i don't know we'll, we'll see about that all right folks before we move on we do want to give a shout out to our sponsor jim hawk 
His book, Holocene, Grit, Glam, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams, I've talked about numerous times in the show already. It is the book to read if you want to learn about the 1950s Rams. And it comes through perspective of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. You can hear about stories about veteran stars, Hall of Famers, Les Richter, Tom Fears. I mean, these are the legends of the game of the time. Norm Van Brocklin. Check it out. It's all seen great glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. All proceeds go to, that's right, Homeboy Industries, an organization in the Los Angeles area that provides an opportunity for people in the gang life to get out and become productive members of society. It's a great opportunity all across the board, learn some Rams history, help some people make a new life for themselves, and you can get it any way you want. Paperback, electronic form, hardback, they're all available. Again, one more time, it's Jim Hawks, Hollywood's team, Great Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. I've said it before, said it again, it's well worth your time. Okay, so next person on our agenda, Keon Monroe, and we had a special talk about the U.S. military in Italy. Check it out. All right, folks, we're here with Keon Monroe from, where are you at, bud? L.A. L.A., that's right. Rams. A Rams guy for our Veterans Day podcast, of course. And can you tell us a little bit about where you've served and when you've served? Uh, so I served from 2010 till 2018. My first duty station was in San Angelo, Texas. I was there for about three and a half, four years. Then I served for a year in Korea, uh, Osan, about an hour away from Seoul. And then I actually did three years in Italy, which was a lot of fun. Really? Where in Italy? Uh, I was about an hour away from Venice, so I was in northern Italy. So you're Naviano? Yep, exactly. Now, if you, if any, Naviano Air Base. Yeah, so we know that's where the food is, right? That's where all the good food is. If you're looking for some American food, you're going to Naviano. <laughs> right. What, what, what base are you at? Well, I was stationed down in Naples at Capitacino. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, so, as part of the Navy. So, moment, moment you said in your, in your event, I'm like, yeah, he was at Aviano. <laughs> so, right. I mean, if I was Army, then it'd be Vicenza. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, Aviano for sure. You're right. Well, is Camp Darby still there, too? Yeah, there. that's closer to Milan. Yeah, um, down near Pisa. Which is north, too, but... Yep, yep. Yep. So, bringing, you're bringing back some memories, man. You said Italy. I'm like, here we go. There goes the conversation. So, what encouraged you? What got you to go join the military? Um, well, my my dad was in the Navy. My grandpa was in the Marine Corps. And so, I just, you know, thought it would be the best thing for me, and it was. And what made serving so special to you? Just being a part of something that was bigger than myself, really, uh, and and you learn it's just, you're just a big team, a big family, really. When you're in the military, but you're also you know serving the country. A lot of sacrifices have to be made, but there's a lot of benefits in the back end too if you you know do your time and do it good. You mentioned Korea as, as well. What was different about serving out in Korea? So I was a dental technician in the Air Force. So most of my stuff was indoors. It was comfortable for the most part, and we'd have exercises every once in a while when I was in Texas. When I went to Korea, because of all the tension at the time with Northern Korea, um, you're always on alert. We're running exercises 
12 hour shifts at the time, uh, working outside, guarding the hospital, wearing lots of gear and whatnot, and just constant training. And uh, so you're always on, on alert out in Korea. So uh, that's the difference between serving there and, and other places. And the big thing, though, whenever you're serving, and I remember this from when I was serving, you're not just hanging out with you know different people, different cultures. I mean, you're, you're, you're from L.A. I'm sure you hung out plenty of people from Northeast um, America, from the Deep South, from up in Washington State and Texas. And you got to know different – it really is different cultures. I mean, it's also different teams. How in the world did you survive being a Rams fan amongst all those wolves out there? Yeah, you know, it was really rough. You Actually, so I say I'm in L.A. right now, but I'm from Virginia. Mm-hmm. I, I've been here. I moved here partially because I love the Rams so much. Before that, in Virginia and then in the military, I'd never really been around Rams fans, just Rams haters. And, I mean, we were such a bad team during the time that I was in. I could see why they would hate on us. So, I mean, that it was what it was. We were just, I wish that I, I could have been in the military while we were good, so I could have had something to talk trash about. <laughs> but we were just so bad most of the time. So then, how did you become a Rams fan? <laughs> well, it's a funny story. When I was a younger kid, I was into uh, basketball at first, and then when I started liking football. Uh, my mom's boyfriend at the time would play Madden with me. And so he was a Steelers fan. And that year just ha- so happened that Marshall Falk was on the cover. And I didn't really have a team. And I remember hearing people talking about the Rams at school. And I was like, yeah, I think I like this team. And ever since then, I just stuck with them. And coincidentally, they started to get worse and worse once I started to become a fan. So <laughs> that that was it around 2002 two or three, I believe. So I'm kind of chuckling because your story kind of mirrors mine a little bit there. I was, I, you know, the, my first year following the Rams were in 1987. That was a strike year. The team was just a mess that year, but it was, it was a strike year. You know, nothing, nothing worked the way you thought would that season really. And then the following years, when I were just watching go 10 and six, they make the playoffs, they lose the wild card. Next year, they go all the way to the NFC title game. We're thinking Super Bowl, And instead begins 10 years of crap. Just 10 right. years of awful fo- – that's what happened with you. You got to watch some good Rams football, and then it just progressively got worse up until recently. And for you being a Rams fan, St. Louis Rams for a large portion of that, and St. Louis didn't – when the two was in St. Louis, it just didn't have the same name. Like, you know, they were bad. <laughs> they they right. um, It just wasn't the same flavor – as what we're seeing now, or starting to see now. Great fans there, by the way. Just didn't have the same flavor. Didn't have the same popularity. So how did you handle some of the jabs thrown your way as a fan? Yeah, I mean, we. it's weird because, you know, a lot of the seasons kind of showed a little bit of life at some point in time. You know, whether we had Chris Long in the defense or maybe a little bit of Mark Bolger and Steven Jackson. So I had that to kind of lean on. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, had to take it. One thing that I could do was use the Rams and beat them Madden, and they couldn't say anything then. But in reality, we were just such a bad team. I couldn't really say anything. I just had to kind of take what they gave me. And I actually more teams at the time. I was 
like I, I wasn't like I wasn't a fan of other teams, but I could like root for the Packers and Rodgers at the time and whatnot because they're fun, they're cool to watch, and the Rams suck. Even though I still like the Rams over them, but you know now and ever since I've really been an adult, I I really don't like any other NFC teams unless they're on my fantasy team, really, and it's just all Rams. But it was a little different when I was younger, when I was a kid. So when you and I talked before the this whole interview happened, and you, I mentioned I wanted I was going to ask you about your your best Rams memory while serving, and you're like, well, geez, they were so bad. <laughs> but let's let's frame it a different way. What was what memory from watching the Rams during that time has stuck with you the most? Like, what was had the you know biggest impact? Was it watching? A certain play was it watching, you know, a certain comeback, or was it watching them get smashed? What was your biggest memory that you can flash back to while serving? Well, we mentioned it. I started to think about it. So I have two moments that kind of stand out to me. Uh, well, moments was when I was in Korea and I was waking up at two in the morning mm-hmm. to watch us, and this is in two thousand fourteen. To watch us get smashed. I remember watching us get beat by the Niners so bad. And I'm up early in the morning just to watch them on my computer on some streaming site. And that was one memory. I had to stay up late when I was in Italy. Uh, the time zones, it was worse in Korea, though. In Korea, you'd have to wake up around 2 or 3 to watch them play. Uh, and thankfully, they're in St. Louis at the time. Uh, and then for uh, Italy, they'd be on around 10 o'clock at night. So it was a little different. But then another memory that I had that was actually kind of a good memory, I remember when we drafted Todd Gurley. Because, um, again, it was like maybe 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm watching the draft, and it was just the first round, and and I just heard rumors that maybe we'd get Todd Gurley through a site called Walter Football. Mm-hmm. And no one was really talking about it. No one really thought that it would happen. And I was just like, man, he's slipping in the draft. That would be kind of cool if we got him. And I think we had Trey Mason at the time or, or Zach Stacey or someone like that. Uh, and and we got him screaming. I was hype, and it was pretty exciting. So those are two memories I have. Well, and Walter football, like nobody pays attention to him anymore. But yet they, they got that one right apparently. So good on them. So eight years in the service – what do you do now? Well, I got out in 2018, and I'm going to school full-time. I actually got accepted into dental hygiene school. So I'm in school right now uh, in that program. It's a two-year program, just using my GI Bill. All right. You going to stay out there in L.A.? You going to live out there, You know, go go make Hollywood or become a PSL owner? What's yeah. your long-term plan? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I moved out here. Uh, it's very different than what I thought. The weather's great. I wanted to be here so I can watch games, like being in L.A., like just be be able to watch the Rams live and do all cool Ram fan stuff. Uh, staying here until I'm done with school, probably work a few years out here because the pay is pretty good for dental hygienists here. Uh, thinking move somewhere else. So I don't know exactly where, maybe Texas or somewhere where the housing market is a lot cheaper, but uh, probably stay here for at least, I mean, two years for the school and then maybe a year or two to make some money. All right. Well, can you let folks know where they can find you on social media and they can also wish you happy happy Veterans Day? 
Oh, thanks. Uh, so on Twitter, uh, it's Keon eighty. Or excuse me, on um, Instagram, it's Keon eighty one. I was a big Tory Holt guy, so where a lot of that stuff comes from. And then on Twitter, it's Rams Fanatic eighty one. Gotcha. All right. So on my, from my point, just want to let you know, just say thank you for the years that you put in the service. Thank you for being willing to go overseas and do what you do. And then, you know, make not not just one year, two years, but eight years of your life that goes into defending this country. And uh, happy Veterans Day, man. Thanks so much. And for you too, and thanks for having me on. Thank you. I got to tell you, one of the most rewarding experiences being in the military was being overseas deployed in Italy. And it wasn't easy. There wasn't a whole lot of news coverage at the time about things going overseas. But this is when 9-11 happened. I was over in Italy when 9-11 happened. The base is on lockdown. As a result, eventually I got sent to Marine Auxiliary Security, got trained to Marines. They beat the crap out of me. It was fun. I got to see some of the, of the darker sides you normally wouldn't see in the base. You know, people who are testing the gates to see what they can do. Trying, you know, we have people taking pictures of the base from from other buildings, and you really realize even in a, in a place that was friendly to Americans like Italy, you weren't exactly safe. At some point during that time, I remember the news reporting it that a terror cell in Naples was broken up by authorities there, and uh, it was one of those things that would serve you up the food. I got to tell you, there's no place better for Italian food than Naples, Italy. I got to tell you that watching a soccer game, Napoli, there at the old, old, rickety old stadium there, was a blast. I met a lot of wonderful people, got to see a lot of wonderful things, everything ranging from Naples itself and, and Pompeii all the way up to Venice and the, the all the channels there. And the, and the Man, I came in. I can't even, I get so excited just thinking about those things in terms of just the wonder and beauty of it all going through, going 140 kilometers per hour, the Autostrada, and people passing you <laughs> crazy, flashing you over, getting you out of the way. They're going for 100 miles an hour. But life in Italy was a wonderful blessing during a time when we were under a lot of stress as a country. So, really neat memory. Okay, moving on. Want to spend a little bit of time here with Mark Petrez. In his time, he got to be stationed at home, but it was still an amazing experience for him. Check it out. All right, folks, I'm here with Mark Petrez, another Rams veteran. Another Rams veteran. Mark, how you doing, man? I'm not bad. How about yourself? It's a wonderful day full of joy and cheer. Birds are chirping. The sun is out. No, not really. It's been snowing here all day. Not gonna lie, <laughs> it's cold here. I was trying to be positive. I failed miserably. But it, what's yeah, going it's a little on? chilly. I'm on a little under the weather. I apologize. You get well. It's change of weather season, man. People are getting colds mm-hmm. left and right. My daughter's getting something. So yeah, we we totally get it. So I want to thank you for taking the time. Thank you for your service and the, your willingness to talk about your career, your life in the military, and happy Veterans Day. Thank you. Thank you. So, right off the bat, I'm going to ask you, where are you from? I'm uh, from Azusa, California. Okay, and when did you join the military? Which branch did you join? It was Army 2009. 
And then when did you get out? Or are you still in? No, 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 no. I was um, 2012. 2012. 13. 13, I'm sorry. 2013, I was, I was out. Four years. Okay, so, you know, I got to poke you a little bit. We got to poke the bear. Um, Navy, your Army. Go Navy. Well, jeez, <laughs> Yeah, Army Army was my... Uh, my what was what I enlisted for? So, where were you? Where were you served at? Where did you serve at? Uh, it was a station in Arizona. My, my me and my cousin were enlisted at the same time. He got shipped out two thousand seven. I was luckily I never I never did any time overseas. I was basically pretty much in Arizona. And what was your job? But, uh, then? Uh, my MOS was um, MP. I was military police. Military police and. What was the most challenging thing for you being in the service? Well, I had uh, with law enforcement before that. That was really it. Was just you, you go to work, uh, you get up, you go to work. You know, pretty much every every day. There was really no no challenge for me. Um, I've been in uh, you know athletics all my life, and it was just like I said, I, I did I didn't do any time overseas. Luckily for me, but that was that was pretty much there. There and was no challenge. I'm sorry. There was no challenge. No. Um, so, so it was the easy life for no. you then. It was just straight chill and like yeah, a yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. It was. Um, I had my fat, me and my first son and my wife, and in the barracks. In the barracks. Yeah. So, so, no. so you met your family while. Well, geez, now you didn't meet your family. You created your family. You got married while you're in the service. You had a child while you're in the service. Is that right? No, before actually. I'm sorry. No, no, I did. I didn't classify. I had uh, my son. He was not even a year old. Okay. Uh, my wife I met in middle school. Uh, we pretty much got back together after high school, and I really enlisted for the, for my family. So, what made you want to join the military? Something to be proud of. I was already in a high level security, and I wanted to take it to the next level. And I figured, hey, you know what? Let me just stop into a recruiting station. They described to me what I was going to be doing, and I thought, hey, what? Why not me? And well, why not you? What was the the key thing for you in joining up? Like, what was the my what, son, what inspired my, you? My, my son, yeah, my my son. I wanted him to be look look up to his father as pretty much a hero. <laughs> and I'm sure he does now, right? Of course he does. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he looks up to Aaron Donald more, but <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what was the biggest part of? service when it comes to following the Rams at the same time. If you're if you're working out there in Arizona, you're stationed out there and now you are having you know family and kids and you're trying to keep track of your team and during that era they weren't very good. So how was it being a Rams fan in the service? I really honestly I I tried to keep tabs on when I could. Obviously we know the team's record uh in those days it's not something to be proud about the only thing we proud of was hey i'm a Rams fan but i just i tried to keep track of the main events that were happening with the rams uh, i those days of the rams the rams were real hazy um i would just keep track of when they won which were like maybe two or three wins a season back then yeah it was um, 2009 was one win yeah i remember they did draft sam bradford right before uh i did leave and that was a mess. Um, I'm pretty sure the Rams Nation can agree with that. Yeah. What is the most important thing for you now, looking back at 2019, looking back, you got out a few years ago. 
what is the most important thing for you to say about having served in the military? What are you most proud of? I did what I could to serve my family and this country. Because, I mean, we all have, I give more now, I give back more now than I used to, than before I did serve. Morals, ethics, discipline, try to establish that into my kids. Just the person that I've become since then, uh, as towards the person that I was before that. I mean, I was a kid, oh, I was a young kid, uh, I didn't have any, you know, ethic, I just, I woke up, went to work, went back to sleep, it was just, went out and had fun, and then when I had my son, it was just, what kind of better person could I be, and I still do that to this day. All right, man, can you let people know where they can find you on social media to, to make sure they tell you, hey, happy Veterans Day? Yeah, Paul, I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen my rants, uh, I'm Papa Swole. Uh, that that is my name on social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Papa Swole. Papa Swole. All right, do well. Happy Veterans Day to you. I hope that you have a nice, relaxing day. Go find a Veterans Day breakfast somewhere. Maybe get a free burrito. I know I plan on getting a free burrito. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but in reality, I'm just, it's, my, it's actually my favorite holiday of the year because it, it's um, – it's just special to me. Once you've served, it's like a special fraternity, man, where you, your brothers, your sisters in arms, the ones who all wore the uniform, it brings a, sp- a certain value to, to having been part of, well, it's something special. So it's what is it? Something special. Yeah, you defend the Constitution, entire country, and to add a bonus for Rams fans, too. So Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, again, thanks for time, and we're, we're glad you came on the show. All right. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, so in case you, you maybe you don't know, Mark, actually, I didn't even realize until afterwards, he's, he fights. He's an MMA fighter. Why am I, how's that? That's a little bit interesting to me. Um, thank you, Mark, for your service. And, and the last one I have here is Scott Christensen. He sent me news clippings afterwards. Apparently, his man cave made the news around the Super Bowl. And I, this picture of his man cave up in, in Washington State. It was Rams everywhere. I guess he built it over... Uh, from from eBay over about 20 years. So what really was neat, though, was the time period when she served. Check out our interview with Scott Christensen, veteran. Here we go. All right, folks, I'm here with Scott Christensen, the 16-year veteran who is on our show today. Scott, how you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks. And uh, thank you for taking the time to join us and tell us a little about your life and your career while serving in our armed force, serving our country. And, uh, you know, first of all, where are you from? Um, I grew up in the little town of uh, Medical Lake, Washington, near Spokane, and uh, I still live there now. So I have to ask, Washington, L.A., how did you become a Rams fan? Well, um, when I was about six years old, about 1970, um, I started watching football with my dad and, you know, learning the game. And all the kids liked, this was before the Seattle Seahawks, they didn't come around until 76. Anyway, all the kids uh, liked the Miami Dolphins. They were the hot team back then, and I didn't really care for them and their uniforms. And uh, I was watching a game, and I, or some games on Sunday, and uh, I saw the Rams with their blue and white uniforms. And uh, I saw Roman Gabriel 
drop back and throw a bomb to Jack Snow, and that was it. I was hooked right there. That was my team. I liked their uniforms, and uh, Jack Snow became my favorite player of all time and um, just been with them ever since. So how did you feel about them changing colors to the, the blue and gold, blue and yellow, blue and gold? You know, uh, <laughs> funny, at, in 1973 they changed. I I didn't like it at first. It was kind of shocking, I guess, because I liked the blue and with the white horn so well. But uh, after a while, it really grew on me, and I ended up really liking it. And um, so I, I like both the uniforms when they were in the bright yellow and, and with the white horn. Yeah, some of the feedback we've gotten here about the new uniforms coming out next year is that we would love to have the the blue and yellow as the, the you know the throwback to blue and yellow and then the blue and white that throw that's our throwback uniform that'd be perfect i'm not sure how if that's how you feel or not if you want it to flip how would you like to see it uh you know i I'd, I'd like to see them like alternate maybe like home games wear one uniform and away games wear another or just mix it up a little bit uh i like them both so yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm pretty open that to to that well, you're one of the few. You usually, somewhat you're saying this or this, and you're like, yeah, I got it. I'm good, whatever. I'm open. <laughs> yeah. So you you joined the Washington Air National Guard in 1981. You started all the way through, through 1997. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your service and what you did? Yeah. I was 18, graduated from high school. Um, I got a twin brother. And uh, he went in the Navy SEALs right out of high school while we were actually still in. He enlisted and then delayed enlistment. And that got me thinking about it. And um, I wanted to be a fighter pilot, but you had to have a four-year college degree. And uh, my next-door neighbor became an air traffic controller in the uh, Washington Air National Guard. 1981 was the year Reagan fired 12,000 FAA controllers when they went on strike. And so the FAA started hiring uh, military, ex-military controllers and controllers from the reserves. And so that opened up a lot of positions in the military. And um, anyway, just by chance, uh, I talked to my neighbor, and she really liked it. She told me about all the traveling they were doing, and it sounded kind of exciting. And it was the other side of being a pilot, so I thought I would try it. So I, I enlisted. And uh, it was a year and a half of active duty for training. I went to uh, basic at Lackland Air Force Base with the regular Air Force. Then I went to uh, Keesler Air Force Base in Mississippi for four months for school. And then I went to Moody Air Force Base in Georgia for about uh, 10 months for my on-the-job training. And uh, we had about 68 F-4 fighters there. right? So that was a lot of fun working fighters and, and uh you know, getting the on-the-job training. And then after that, I came back. Once I got certified, I came back to my unit in Spokane at the Washington Air National Guard, and they started deploying me. And, uh, man, I went all over the world. I went to Michigan for three weeks, came home, turned around, went to Italy for 40 days, uh, came home, and, like, two weeks later, I went to Turkey for a month. And uh, it was like that for a good year or so, just getting a lot of deployments and uh, some really cool experiences. And was, uh, that event, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to ask what the, what the coolest experience was. Well, uh, in Italy, um, I had, we were working, doing an exercise there, and it was a joint uh, American and Italian 
uh, exercise, and we went over and worked with the Italian controllers and supported the, our fighters. And if there was any kind of language barriers, we were there to help them and you know and, and uh, explain what the pilots wanted to the Italian controllers. Um, anyway, I got to some time off over there. We took a trip, jumped on a train, went down to Rome for four days. We went up into Germany and uh, Austria for four days, and, and just had a lot of time off to travel and see everything over there that was a neat experience and in turkey i had some time off there and i uh, got to do some traveling and uh, just some really neat opportunities and uh, yeah what is something you know that you learned about just about yourself while serving uh about myself yeah well, uh, I ended up liking the military. I wasn't, I kind of, you know, was hesitant to go in and my brother going in kind of got me thinking about it. I, I didn't want to get a haircut and I didn't want to, you know, somebody yelling at me at basic training and I wasn't sure how I liked the, all the strict rules and everything. And, um, I ended up really liking it and that surprised me because I, I got in and, and, uh, you know, realized, uh, there's a lot of opportunity and, and I liked the way they treated us. Everything was very structured and I actually enjoyed all the regiment and the, uh, discipline. And I didn't think I would, but I ended up enjoying it. And, uh, then I came back to my guard unit and really enjoyed that. My guard unit had a lot, met a lot of nice people with a lot of experience and, and, uh, made some really good friends and lifelong, uh, lifelong friends. What memory do you hold on to most about the Rams during this time from, like, from serving somewhere? Like you saw them playing in a bar somewhere, and you were stationed here, or, or you, there's this memory. Of, what's the biggest memory you have of the Rams during your time of service? During time in service? Um, I guess it probably would be, uh, well, this was before I went in, it was Super Bowl fourteen when mm-hmm. Vince Ferragamo was the, quarterback and you know that was pretty exciting uh when they took him when he took him to the super bowl and they had that really good team um and during the year when i was in the military i was traveling around a lot but it seemed like you know i always had my team to support and uh it's kind of like a way to reconnect with home when you're out deployed and, and somewhere else around the world and things like that um i guess i'd have to be it and if you were to say anything now about service in the, in the military and, and what you learned about it and, and how much it means to you overall, especially, especially as we enter Veterans Day, um, what would you have to say about that? Well, I was, uh, I was proud to serve. I uh, really enjoyed it and made a lot of, learned a lot, you know, got a lot of experience and, um, Met a lot of really good people. My family, my dad was in the Navy during the Korean War, and my uncle was in World War II in the Navy, and then I had another uncle that was in World War II and Korea as a Marine. And so uh, I guess they kind of impressed, you know, told us stories when we were growing up about their experiences and and everything. And so that really impressed on me to be a veteran and serve and, uh, you know, got me interested in it and uh, so i guess i always had you know ideas of what i thought the military would be like and uh but i ended up getting in and i really enjoyed it just uh had a good experience scott i want to take the time just to thank you for 
the service you put into our country, for your willingness to go literally anywhere around the globe to um, defend the Constitution of the United States uh, and everything that it stands for. We're recording this before the Pittsburgh game, so hopefully by the time this airs, they've beaten the Steelers. I mean, thumbs up for that. And is there anything else that you want to just throw out there, any kind of shout-outs or anything you want to throw out there? Well, just thank you for, for saying that. And, uh, you know, I was glad I was a, a veteran. It's really, really paid off. It, it helped me in my civilian life. It helped me get a job as a controller with the uh, federal government and led to a career. And uh, But uh just like to say thanks to all the other veterans and the guys that went before me, like my uncles and my dad and uh, – and you too. Thank you for your service, Terry. Thank you. So, Scott, Jose, Mark, Keon, do want to say thank you again for your service. All you veterans who have signed the dotted line, you've represented this country in some dark times and some great times. And uh, it's a little bit late for us to put this out, day late, but... We still need to put it out. Happy Veterans Day to all of you. All of you. Even if you're not a Rams fan tuning in, but yet you're a veteran. You deserve every piece of credit you get. The stress on a family is uh, it's incredibly difficult. There's no, no rewards for looking due to a family. What it does to you mentally, being separated from that family and the stress of the mission. And we just want to thank you for your service and of course, finding a way to cheer for the Rams in the weirdest of places. And that leaves me with my parting story. And I've told it before on the show, but I went in right after high school. My first year in the military, I was in boot camp and then A school. I didn't see much of the 1998 season. Got some updates here and there, but you know they were bad anyways. But the 1999 season, what really... Uh, caught my eye in 99 was not good news it was the bad news i was doing workups our ship was out the sea in august 1999 and we received the daily news message it had sports it had everything on it during the the, that 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 was august (laughs) if you're a rams fan you know what happened in august of 1999 rodney harrison Hits Trent Green. Trent Green's knee is pretty much blown out. He's out for the year. And Kurt Warner's your starting quarterback. And I'm watching the, I'm, I'm watching everybody look at me because they're getting the sports messages before me. And they're going, oh, Derek. And I'm reading and go, oh, come on. You got to be kidding me. And there was some hope for that team that year. Then I think Kurt Warner. All right. Yeah. Okay. Not happening. Get home from workups and spend week one at home, and I see the Rams just come out smoking. I mean, week two, week three, week four, and all of a sudden I'm watching the Rams begin this postseason march that I hadn't seen since I was before teens. It was 1990. We had expectations to make, make a Super Bowl run. 1989 to make the run. I was 11 years old that year. Now here I'm in the military my first couple years, young and married, and watch the Rams do something I hadn't seen forever. But the next part of that is we were getting ready for deployment. We're out for an exercise in January 
of 1999, January 2000, sorry. And I'm having to hook myself up into an old R2368 HF receiver to listen to the the Rams game in the radio shack because I was on IT at the time I was a radio man. And listen to this game off-duty where the Rams beat the Buccaneers 11-6. to And sure enough, a week later, I'm on watch when the Rams are playing the Titans in the Super Bowl. And I don't get to watch the whole game because I'm on watch. So I would be in the radio shack. We're just doing our normal message traffic. It was a slow night, obviously, because... Things are going to be slow during the Super Bowl, no matter where you are. They let me slip out for a few minutes because downstairs we had AFN on with the the game. And sure enough, there's the game, the Super Bowl, and I am the only Rams fan in the birthing. A birthing of 88 people. They're all cheering for the Titans. I'm the only Rams fan there. Rams take a 16-0 lead. They get into the fourth quarter. I'm bouncing back up and down. Just trying to get some in the game. <laughs> I'll never forget this. Again, the whole entire birthing is cheering for the Titans. And the Titans come back at 16-16. I'm down there for that last drive. And you should have seen this, this birthing. When the Rams make that stop at the end, Mike Jones makes that final tackle. 87 dudes. Some are in uniform. Some are dressed for bed. Some are kind of in between, halfway dressed between. Some are heading to the shower and just kind of staring at the TV. And I'm in the back in uniform, kind of inching my way towards the front as I'm watching this last drive and I'm seeing this play. And I'm the only person screaming. Everybody else is just puts their heads down or just sighs and they they go off the bed. <laughs> the birthing cleared out and almost immediately. They weren't even talking about the game. They talked about the next day. They were all tired at that point. And it was just me. All by myself, the only person on that ship cheering for the Rams. And that memory has taught me forever and a day. I wasn't at a home at a Super Bowl party. I was out to sea. And years later, I can look back and go, you know what? I was grateful. I was the only person cheering for the Rams that day. But I was with my brothers that day. And that's a pretty nice place to be. All right, folks, it's time for us to go. We want to let you know that we are sponsored, again, by Jim Hawk. But we are looking for more sponsors as the year goes on because we have to keep the lights on. we got to pay for this thing. So if you're interested and you want to know how we do business, email us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com. You could also send us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We're also part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Check out one of our partners. There you go. Hello out there to be man, woman, and child. This is the B-Team. I'm Nathan Eberhardt. And I'm Michael Hanna. And together we host the UCLA B-Team podcast, your go-to audio source online for news, analysis, opinion, and sometimes even jokes about UCLA Bruins sports. We're proud to be members of the Big Heads Media Network, and you can find our newest episodes every week at bigheadsmedia.com, or you can subscribe via iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at UCLA B-Team, and hit us up with questions or comments. We love to interact with our listeners. So for a smart, level-headed, if sometimes unofficial we cannot stress this enough unofficial take on the UCLA Bruins come join the B team alright folks it is time for me to go to bed again happy Veterans Day belated 
Thank you, all of you, that took the time to listen to this special episode. I know we're still getting over that Steelers loss. Trust me, folks, it's not over in terms of long term for this Rams team. I do have faith in that. It might. I'm not real keen on this weekend's game. I don't like the matchup defensively, but there's still good things to look forward to. We'll talk about that more this week. You can find us, though. If you haven't checked us out yet, we can find us on Twitter at TalkRams. You can find us on Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. Also for the Rams Talk Room group and at RamsTalk.net. So for the entire Rams Talk team, it's Derek C. Paul signing off for the night. Again, I want to say thank you one more time. Thank you, veterans, for everything, for all that you do. I know for a fact that many of you listen to our show from different places around the world. We've seen you on our demographics in England or in the Persian Gulf, in Italy, Germany, Spain, in the Pacific. Thank you for signing that dotted line. I'm writing this government a check, a blank one, that has your life on it. Thank you so much for the entire team. It's Derek C. Paul saying, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. We're out of here. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.